Today's episode of Writers Get Animated is brought to you by the letter J for Jack. Today on Writers Get Animated shows that my son Jack watches that I can tolerate. Good morning, everybody. I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And I'm Chris Leva. And this is Writers Get Animated. Today, we are diving into the dark world of children's animation. <laughs> dark world. I know what you're thinking. Children's animation, isn't that a tautology? Well, I mean for children who are more than young at heart, but also young at age. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're using specifically Chris's son, Jack, as our... Uh, canary in the coal mine and this, this is getting really dark wow that got very dark <laughs> dark world of children's animation <laughs> so my son jack is three um and a quarter and a quarter and a quarter he he enjoys a great deal many things his favorite thing in the world is thomas the tank engine thomas and friends that is not something we're discussing today <laughs> that's its own episode that's its own episode we're, or we're two not, we're not touching thomas it's a today um today we're talking um we're going to do a little bit of a global overview of children's programming slightly mm-hmm. not saying too much um and then we have two examples specifically an episode of puffin rock which is an, on netflix you can catch it on netflix and um doc mcstuffins which you can catch on disney jr online or through iTunes or other places to watch your cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, so starting there, when, when you're writing for children, hmm. which I've done once. Yeah. Yes, I, you have. I have. You have. I, I wrote a play to be performed by middle school students, and I called it um, Persephone Uncut based on the myth of uh, Persephone and Hades. Um, when you're writing for children, you think my language had to change. Mostly it was a don't say curse words and make the jokes different. I don't Slightly more appropriate for kids, or at least veiled enough that kids might not get it. Correct. So it, it was a process of, does this make me laugh? And if I hide it so that way only parents get it, will it be okay? Um, and some of the jokes did exactly what they were designed to do in terms of the kids didn't realize what they were saying and why it was a laugh line and the director having to tell the kids, don't worry, just say the line like this and people are going to laugh. And they said, well, we don't understand. It's okay, just say it. <laughs> there will, just trust, there will be a laugh line. And um, just realizing that. So a lot of it was coming from what's funny for the kids, what's funny for the parents. And I don't agree with the thought of dumbing something down for kids. I agree that you don't agree. <laughs> I don't agree with that. I, I don't believe that we should talk down to kids and speak a different language. I think our vocabulary does have to change mm-hmm. so that way we can bring them with us. But I don't think things have to be overly simplified for yeah. them. The concepts don't have to be simplified, but the language 
might have to do some changes there. Yeah. So, um, and there are things for being sure on who your audience is, what ages there are, and what you're working to develop them, or, or what it is you're trying to develop. Are you developing them emotionally, intellectually? Are you actually trying to teach something like a reading skill, or are you just teaching them to be generally good human beings? Are you teaching them about the world that they live in, or a world that they don't know but they could learn about, and maybe it would, you know, help them understand their world a little bit more by showing them something that they have no experience with? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think you have to be aware of who you are trying to talk to and go from there. Um, Ken, you you said you didn't watch much kids show when you were a kid. No, no, I, or children's programming. I definitely, I, I read books based on children's programming. Like I remember having some Sesame street books, but I never watched Sesame street per se. I didn't, I don't know, for some reason I skipped right over that. Um, as we learned in a previous episode, one of the first movies I saw in theaters was True Lies, um, which Chris still makes fun of me for. Um, but similarly, solid film. for watching TV, I went straight to um, Captain Bucky O'Hare, Ninja Turtles, The Simpsons. Like These are the first things that I remember watching. Mm. And I was very much into Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers when I was a certain age, but mostly um, Disney animated shorts, Disney movies, things like that. Looney Tunes, mm-hmm. growing oh, up yeah. that way. Looney Tunes, Which Tom Looney Tunes are not written for children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. They're, they're written, the language is fine, mm-hmm. but many of the jokes, many of the concepts go straight over their heads. And a lot of the times the animators saying, yeah, we, we wrote for ourselves. <laughs> And I think that's the, the goal, though. You write for yourself, for the self you... If yourself didn't have as many big words in your language, what would you tell yourself? And what, what was interesting, we're talking... We're going to be diving into Doc McStuffins, but I want to start with a quote from uh, Chris Nee, the creator of Doc McStuffins, um, where she was talking about this. And she says, the idea in preschool programming has been, and I know this because I've written a lot for these shows, this idea that everything needs to be simplified to a point that every kid is going to get it on the first viewing. You often hear this refrain that you can only have one idea per episode or one emotion per episode. Um, so, and she says at the end, um, there's a huge place for that programming, but I think that short, short changes kids. Mm-hmm. And I think if you do simplify it, then it doesn't make it interesting the next time you watch it. Mm-hmm. From my experience as a father, they're going to watch it four times <laughs> in a row. <laughs> so if you don't have something that's complex, you're not, they're not getting anything new from the second, third, fourth viewing. They're just, all they're doing at that point is memorizing Mm-hmm. They're not making new discoveries each time they watch it. There's nothing new for them to tease out. It's just this one idea. That being said, there's shows like Mr. Rogers or shows like Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, which is a spin-off sequel of Mr. Rogers, <laughs> um, where they do say 
concentrate on one thing that a child might be experiencing, one emotional thing. And when Jack was younger, um, it was essential. They have a song for dealing with every childhood situation and every childhood emotion. There's a jingle for it. It's easy for you to remember. And they work out of context with your own children. Daniel Tiger is amazing in that sense. <laughs> so we still use Daniel Tiger on multiple occasions to help with the dealing with certain emotions. Whether it's being overly excited and you need to calm down in order to enjoy something or just be aware that grown-ups will in fact come back. So um, I'm not saying there's not a place for that. And Daniel Tiger is something that I can tolerate in terms of it's some, giving us tools as parents to work with this and mm -hmm. a different way of viewing these emotions. So I wouldn't say dramaturgically it's strong and complex in that way, but it's putting the parent and the child on the same plane of here's some shared knowledge for each of us on we have the same thing we can talk about on here's how we deal with this situation. Do you remember when this happened for Daniel Tiger? That's what you're experiencing. Here's how we fix it. And now we've dealt with it and you've had an emotion mm -hmm. and we've lived it together and we have a same touchstone. We have the same frame of reference. I think there is like a, a spectrum of educational programming to story programming in terms of kids shows. Mm. Um, and some of them, like Doc McStuffins, I think fall more towards the story side, but still in the educational part. Mm -hmm. uh, and those are the ones that I myself find I enjoy the most watching. And there's some that I think are perfectly pleasant to watch, although there's not much story at all. What, do you have an example on that? Puff and Rock. Puff and Rock. Which I think is lovely and high and soothing Chris O'Dowd voice. Um, and low in plot. <laughs> let's let's start there then. Let's start with Puff and Rock, because Puff and Rock is something that I had no idea really existed. Uh, and I think Jack saw it at some friend's house, and then we started watching it at our house because it's on Netflix. And if it's on Netflix, then you're always searching for something new to turn on and get into. Um, it's a created in Ireland. Which is interesting because Doc McStuffins is also animated in Ireland. <laughs> I did not make that connection until just now. So, Pod Rock is made in Ireland with Irish children, um, voice actors, and as Mackenzie said, Chris O'Dowd mm -hmm. um, doing the narration, which is fun for us as parents. Just going, oh, it's Chris O'Dowd. Thank goodness. With his just very natural Chris O'Dowd inflection and very soothing. Oh no, Una. Look out behind the rock. <laughs> <What's> a, <laughs> it, just very matter of fact, like, uh oh, there's something bad going to happen here now. <laughs> oh, okay, we're fine. I could just listen to that. Just put that in the background. Not even watch it, just have it on. Yeah, just Chris O'Dowd. Like, I would enjoy Chris O'Dowd narrating my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Chris. <laughs> what choice should you make here? How does that latte taste? <laughs> this is a good latte. You're staring at that artwork a little too long. I think you should get on with your playwriting. <laughs> or something. I don't know. Uh, right now, the Puffin Rock Danger music would be playing as we get off topic. 
Oh, careful there, Chris and Mackenzie. <laughs> You're getting off topic. You almost went Scottish there for a second. Sorry, Chris O'Dowd. <laughs> <laughs> there is some learning in Puffin Rock um, where we do learn about... Well, let's talk about what Puffin Rock is. What is Puffin Rock? It's an island near Ireland. With puffins. With puffins and crabs and pygmy shrews. My son knows the word term, pygmy shrew now. <laughs> Sounds like an expert child. Oh, that's a pygmy shrew. Like Mossy. His, who, we, he actually mentioned pygmy shrews this morning. We were having an apple. And he said, apple is like a berry. I was like, well, it is a fruit. Pygmy shrews enjoy berries. <laughs> they do. They would eat all of our oranges and apples, Daddy. <laughs> I'm sure they would. <laughs> There's a lot of facts there. Yeah. I'm not sure if they all follow each other. But <laughs> I'm sure Jack can narrate things. He does narrate his, his actions quite a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but there is some learning where you learn about this ecosystem of this island. And there are puffins. There's a main family of puffins, Papa Puffin and Mama Puffin, and the daughter, who's the hero of the story, Una, and her little br baby brother, um, Baba, mm -hmm. who only says Baba. Um, that's his term. That's what he says. And they always seem to have more animal friends. They have lots of animal friends. And on this island, it's very diverse. They have friends who are owls. They have friends uh, who are pygmy shrews, as we mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, the villains of the story are seagulls. Mm -hmm. Like, nobody likes seagulls anywhere. <laughs> so seagulls are often the villain of the story. Um, there is a crab named Bernie. If we go Irish, Bernie, uh, there are the red crabs who are, they're kind of villainous. They don't, they don't get along with people. I think they're just grumpy. Yeah. And we have seals. Mm -hmm. There are lots of seals. So a lot of it is there is some bit of nature and Chris O'Dowd does teach us certain things about the ecosystem of, uh, I think one episode they were talking about the pygmy shrew stink gland that they used <laughs> That they use to mark their territory. And it's just funny because of the fart noises, really. I mean, that's... Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so it talks about how they're creating their environment. And this is the pygmy shrews <laughs> making their nest. And just has mossy, a tiny little pygmy shrew, just putting up a storm. As he's <laughs> doing his decorating... <laughs> Please stop making that sound. <laughs> um, but yes, the, a pooting sound. Yeah. As the stink gland goes into high effect. I find so, that when there when there is conflict in the show, it's solved almost immediately. It's kind of right. like there's a series of events happening. The events are all connected. But not there's not a character arc necessarily. No. Sometimes. Less, sometimes, but not very much and there's not really a lesson learned there's small little problems that happen and there's usually one moment of intense uh we'll call it danger i don't mm. know. usually with seagulls usually with seagulls <laughs> um and there is a a few single note danger music that happens ding 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 <laughs> ding 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 it like <laughs> Ding, ding, ding. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. Ding. It's very like um, Eyes Wide Shut, the Kubrick film. 
where it had that that kind of music. Are we comparing? I'm not comparing Puffin Puffin Rock, Rock to, to Eyes Icebox. Wide Shut. I am not <laughs> musically. Musically, they are they are connected somehow. <laughs> Do not watch Eyes Wide Shut with your children. <laughs> Actually, or with yourself sometimes. I was like, or, or just don't watch Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> really, there's no reason. Hmm. But this moment of danger, which you can, is told by a very specific musical cue. It's the same musical cue. It's not hidden within something, you know, they might change the Imperial March to fit and sound a little different. Mm -hmm. It's the exact same musical cue. And then when it's resolved, the same musical happy cue comes out of it. So musically, which is something that Jack is very much in tune with, so to speak, I did not... (laughs) I did not mean me. You got Nigel to laugh and everything. I know I'm doing pretty well. Um, this episode <laughs> is, um, it, it's, it's very clear how you're supposed to feel with that music. Mm. So, hmm. but it, you're right. The, the danger lasts seconds. Yeah. The danger is resolved. And each episode is a seven minutes and the danger lasts under 10 seconds. Yeah. It's long enough for the musical cue. And then once we hit the edge of that phrase, oh, things are fine. It's, <laughs> it's usually revealed that the thing we were afraid of were just seals that were asleep and things are fine. I was going to say specifically in cave camping, like <laughs> the first episode of Puffin Rock I'm watching, they go to the cave to go camping and it's like, oh, it's Baba's first time in the cave. Like, okay, the plot's going to be Baba gets lost. And they get to the cave and Bob is hungry. Okay, the plot is Bob trying to get a fish. And oh, Mama's going to go get it. Oh, what's over there? Okay, it's just seals. It's not a problem. Oh, what's over there? Oh, it's just Bernie. That's okay. Oh, what's behind Bernie? Oh, it's Mama with the fish. <laughs> it's like immediate problem resolution. Instant over, gratification. Yeah. Unlike Doc McStuffins. Okay. Which you don't necessarily have to tra- uh, transition to now. But um, Doc McStuffins, I feel, is more introduces a problem concept early on and spends a whole episode trying to solve it. It's a complete arc. Well, she's more into the scientific method as well. Oh, yeah, you're right. When she goes... With singing. She's a doctor. If my scientific method had singing in, I probably would still have been a science major in college. (laughs) I I think most science would be great with singing. This is what we do. When our plants die from being exposed to estrogen. Which is I, take an actual, I take it back. I take it back. It's an actual science project that I did in college. Maybe Lin-Manuel Miranda could um, come up with something for science students. Hamilton-esque. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I was like, who's Miranda? No, not Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh. Composer of Hamilton. If you're listening. Please, just write. <laughs> help, help science. The way you've helped American history. Science colon the Tesla. musical. Oh my gosh, you could do Tesla. No, I'm going to do a Tesla. Oh, Not a musical. Don't do though. Tesla. Not a musical. Some, something Just a play. Tesla. <laughs> now Dr. McStuffins. Danger music. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. We're going to have to give this to Nigel. Chris and McKenzie are off topic again. What if we pay Chris O'Dowd to do that and just play it whenever we actually get off topic? Oh no. <laughs> like right now. <laughs> Doc McStuffins. <laughs> <laughs> What is Doc McStuffins? 
from your experience, this is the first time you, you've heard the name, but this was the first time sitting with our little family, mm-hmm. with Jack. You sat next to Jack. I did. On the couch. Who loved it. He wanted to like, I think he wanted to like cuddle with mommy and cuddle up next to me briefly and then realized it's a mistake and went over to Rochelle. He's like, okay, no, not you. <laughs> um, but it was good. I've heard Doc McStuffins has kind of been like a, a, a long-standing mystery to me because I keep hearing the name Doc McStuffins and I felt for a long time each time I heard the name, I learned something new about Doc McStuffins. Um, so what have you learned? First, I learned Doc McStuffins was a thing. <laughs> and then I learned that Doc McStuffins... Per- like, an ep- like a show. Yeah, like a show that no, existed. I was like, she's a girl. No, no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Doc McStuffins, the show, Existed. is a thing that exists. Okay. And then I learned that Doc McStuffins, um, I think it was the Disney show, mm-hmm. was the second thing I learned. And then I learned that Doc McStuffins was not white. And then I learned that Jack was Doc McStuffins for Halloween. And then I learned that Doc McStuffins is a girl. <laughs> In that order. <laughs> <laughs> I'll and then to, I saw Doc McStuffins. I'll have to show you a picture of Jack as Doc McStuffins. For I saw that. That's oh, how I? I knew that he went. That's right. Yeah. You made him a little it. bag. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has his doctor bag. Mm-hmm. Complete with, I'm very proud of the big book of boo-boos that, Ooh. that me and Rochelle made. Now that I've seen that. Yeah. In show, not like. In shoe form. Yeah. Shoe form? Shoe In the shoe. In the shoe Irish. form. Chris O'Dowd, save us. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, but this was interesting. I thought that it was a fun concept because who as a little kid hasn't been like, oh, my toy's broken. How do I make it better? Whether or not you could. Like as a kid, you've had the experience of a toy breaking or something happening to him. Like this is mm-hmm. a great concept for a show talking about scientific method and doctoring and wanting to be a doctor. And showing care towards things and... Mm-hmm. There's also learning a lesson that matters in the child's world as much as the world of the toys. So And the world of parents. Right, in the world of the parents. So don't our, overeat. Right. Gulpy gulpy gators, <laughs> which is not at all like hungry hungry hippos. At <laughs> all. So and in fact it's really just one gator on one gator. So essentially you have different gators. And a bunch of marbles, and the gators trying to eat these marbles. And then um, Donnie, who is Doc McStuffin's younger brother, adds more marbles to the game and keeps those gators eating and adds more marbles to the game until one gator is no longer able to swallow these marbles. Mm-hmm. I have to say that Doc, um, her real name is Dottie. Aww. Um, but um, Doc, who her parents even call her Doc, so she... She's taken on this persona. Um, she's, and he asks her to take a look at this gator. Um, the toys only come alive for Doc McStuffins. Nobody else sees the toys being alive. When the times when the time comes when somebody else shows up, Doc says, "Oh, go stuffed," and that means that they go, they go all Toy Story and just collapse and <laughs> fall back into toy toyhood. So, yeah, go stuffed. And then usually she'll have her stethoscope, which it would seem that that's where the magic that brings the toys to life originates because she touches it. And it glows. Swirly, swirly stuff happens with her stethoscope. And then it, the toys all come to life 
after some magic spins around them. But that's not the source of her power? I don't know. I think that's okay. the source of the power. Okay. Um, she also goes into a clinic, which her parents have built for her outside. Her playhouse is really a clinic. In later seasons, it's half regular clinic and half veterinary clinic. She just goes into this other room that I guess was made. Um, I have dramaturgical issues with her. Does she start helping animals also? She starts helping pet um, toy animals. So you know how, let's say you have a toy that's a farmer. Mm -hmm. And then you have the sheep that go with that farmer. Oh, this is confusing. So this she, is dramaturgically complex. So she would care for the farmer in the one clinic, and then she would have to take the goats to the veterinary clinic because they're toy animals, because they don't communicate through speech. Whereas Lammy the lamb, who's one of her best friends and loves cuddles, when, um, when they ask, she asks for 10 cc's, it's for carrying cuddles from Lammy. Lammy will hug the toy and make the toy feel better, which I think is adorable. <laughs> I think it is ador dramaturgically, it's adorable. Mm -hmm. that's, that's my. Um, she, um, she would be seen in the regular clinic because though she is a lamb, though she is an animal, <laughs> she has the power to speak. The goats, which don't speak, are seen in the veterinary clinic because they need a vet because they're animal-based. They, they can't say anything. Oh, yes, I got that. So I'm just... I know dramaturgically there's, there's something... They're all there. plastic. They're not all plastic. Some of them are plush. Okay. Lammy's a plush. So if you had like a plush clinic and a plastic clinic, that might make more sense. Because, well, the way you care for something is a little different. You care for a pet one way. You care for... I don't know. It's just... You're just having dramaturgical issues because one is a animal and one is still an animal. <laughs> and they get seen in different places. Yes, exactly. I think it's sentience. Okay. I think that's uh, power of reason rational thought so the sentient toys that come alive when she comes into the room oh well the the goats <laughs> still come to life they're just they don't have reason the way that lammy has reason <laughs> stop laughing <laughs> so she's also so aside from the sentience debate of different styles of toys and doc mcstuffins what else makes it great well as Chris Nee says, I have another Chris Nee quote. She says, I don't sit down and say, I'm writing for two to seven-year-olds right now. I try to create a strong world with strong characters who you are going to believe, but also have real flaws. I think the flaws allow you to also let them have their heart on their sleeve and not feel too sweet and saccharine. Which is what I completely believe. Mm -hmm. I think... The reason why Doc McStuffins works so well is everyone is specific. Some people have their thing. Mm -hmm. For example, um, there is Stuffy the dragon, mm -hmm. whose thing is, his shtick is, he's the brave dragon who's not really all that brave, but he, he talks a good talk and he quips a lot. And he just has this personality where he's like, 
Um, I'm trying to think of a, a good uh, good example for for what he he just has a lot of catchphrases and yeah, he's just silly and clumsy. Yeah, what stuffy lacks incompetence he makes up for in one-liners yes yeah there we go um and then you have um chili who's a stuffed snowman whose shtick is he's a hypochondriac he always needs a, a checkup because he's always feeling something people have to remind him that he's not going to melt because he's not a real snowman <laughs> he's a stuffed snowman mm -hmm. Um, they also have to remind him that it's okay because he doesn't have legs. He's like, I can't feel my legs. It's like, well, you don't have legs. He's like, oh, yeah. You know, that's his thing. And he's just, he's more afraid than anybody else, really. It's, it's just mm -hmm. great. But then you have lots of other toys that you can bring in just with great personalities. And usually they're done by um, guests. <laughs> so... You have um, people from Modern Family coming in because, you know, Disney and ABC and oh, yeah. stuff okay. like that. So He's like, that's a weird crossover. Not really. <laughs> not when oh, you right. Go Synergy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, the sound Synergy effect sound for effect. <laughs> so our sound effects so far are Pashing. And I'll leave another one. We have more. Yeah, I'm not going to. That didn't turn out well. That's okay. I want to rewind on my <laughs> rewind failure. But each of these kids are each of these kids. But I mean, they are in a lot of ways. They they do represent different children and different mm -hmm. adults. And you're able because you have toys. You can have toys in um, wheelchairs, toys of different races, to different kinds of toys with different problems. Some being emotionally based, some being otherwise based. And I do like the emotional boo boo episodes. The emotional boo boo, yeah. Mm -hmm. The diagnoses are where you remember that Doc McStuffins is a kid. <laughs> oh, you have, you know, oh, I can't I think of one. Some of them. Usually they end in osis or itis. You know. Oh, yeah. The gator was like overeateritis. Yeah. And it's just this kid coming up with, oh, I have, I know what's wrong with you. It's this. And she comes up with a name mm -hmm. of for it. Um but they do help with behavior. So Jack doesn't leave his stuffed animals on the floor because he's afraid of them getting the dusty musties. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's going to give them the dusty musties. You don't want them to have the dusty musties, do you? Oh, gosh, no, no. <laughs> Not the dusty musties. In my head, that's like, well, you don't want to get SARS, do you? <laughs> it's, no, no one likes it's SARS. It's the plush equivalent of SARS. You don't want your... Dusty Musties is plush SARS. Ding, ding, ding. ding, ding. Oh, Kristen McKenzie. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's in my head now. When I feel getting off topic, I hear the danger music from Puff and Rock and Chris O'Dowd. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> We're supposed to do that to each other. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'll just tap on the, the table in a certain way. We're doing the plinking. <laughs> sound um, <laughs> do we have more on Doc McStuffins I the one thing that that I like from Chris Nee um, mm -hmm. and you can hear more from Chris Nee and her her thoughts on it 
it's a more adult thing, but she was on an episode of Script Notes. Um, oh. <laughs> was, she was on oh. an episode of Script Notes. It wasn't about writing, which was a fun thing. <laughs> it was just a random advice episode where um, John August and Craig Mazin and Chris Nee were helping viewers, not viewers, but listeners, <laughs> with their um, with their problems. And her talking about <laughs> her life as a writer and other things that got snuck in there. But uh, it was fun to listen to her. And I was like, oh, this is the woman who helps write you know, we create this show that Jack just enjoys so much. So learning about her that way. Um, I have one last quote from Chris Nee, which I think is just great. She says, ultimately, storytelling is storytelling. And I don't see that it's fundamentally different for preschoolers than for adults. I mean, obviously, for preschool, we're not doing Game of Thrones. That has a particularly complicated backstory. She's talking about the backstory. It's like everything else. That's not really what makes Game of Thrones Game of Thrones, but it's about the backstory, the complication. Mm. That what what are you creating? Mm-hmm. Something that's fun and engaging that you can pick up without having to have seen ten episodes beforehand. You're right, and the the songs in Doc McStuffins because there are at least three songs per episode. Mm-hmm. There's the um, you'll typically get one. Or the other. You either get the Time for a Checkup song, which is, hey, it's time for a checkup. (laughs) You'll get the What's Going On song if it's more emotionally based. So, hey, what's going on? Tell me what's wrong. Um, And then you'll get a song where either the, the problem is solved or the character is expressing what hurts, what ails them. And then you'll get the um, I Feel Better song, possibly, if they remember to do that. Of course. But not. But it's different. Each episode, you don't hear the same song every time. And the songs are fun. The songs are fun. And they're on... Um, you can, can listen to them. <laughs> uh, I've asked Siri to play some Doc McStuffin songs for Jack and did not feel too bad about that decision. So... Through Apple Music, yeah, they're they're fun. They're fun. Okay, so, try it out. I would not like make a playlist and listen to that all all day, but unless it's Chris O'Dowd's voice, unless it's Chris O'Dowd's voice. Okay, Chris O'Dowd presents. <laughs> this is an episode of Writers Get Animated, brought to you by Chris O'Dowd's voice. Oh, 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 no. oh, oh! He says other things in the show. <laughs> I just like other than oh no, <laughs> oh no. Do you have a favorite thing? <laughs> I think one of my favorite things recently was a more recent episode of, so not from the episode that we watched, but there is an episode um, with a queen, Mm -hmm. Queen Amina, who all the character, all the other toys were calling her bossy and Doc McStuffins comes in and tells her, you know, you're not, that's not a nice thing to call people. You don't call people bossy. She's not being bossy. She's being a, a leader. She's being a good leader. And so they came up with a song with She's Not Bossy, She's the Boss, mm-hmm. which is a great song. So if you want to YouTube that thing, She's Not Bossy, She's the Boss. Mm-hmm. It's a really great song. Um, Jack loves that one. He did enjoy the Michelle Obama episode of Doc McStuffins, too, where Doc McStuffins goes to the White House. I do want to see that one. So actually Michelle Obama. So it was great that the First Lady did that. 
I think my favorite thing is also the she's not bossy, she's the boss. Because we've talked enough about Chris O'Dowd. <laughs> um, <laughs> if, but other if, than if him. If weren't involved. I she's think. not bossy, she's the boss. Awesome. Mackenzie's stamp of approval. <laughs> Homework time. There is no homework time. No homework. There is no homework. Special treat. I know we seem to do no homework often. But this, um, we but have we a reason. <laughs> we have a reason for it this week. This time we are busting out the wheel. We have two wheels. We have our wheel of crossovers. Wheel of crossovers. Why did you do it that I way? <laughs> and then we have our wheel of tropes. Of TV tropes and ways that we can mix those crossovers. So we're going to be, it's part nerdery, part improv, improv, part. That part was not improv, where we said improv at the same time. No, it wasn't. (laughs) Or that was improv. It wasn't. It was happenstance. There we go. Uh, Kismet. Yes. That's what that was. was. Um, This episode will also be... um, our pitch to networks to hire us on if you're listening um, to make this show for you. Hopefully, right. you own both properties that we talk about. We will. We will give you three great properties. Mm-hmm. We've been practicing. Episode. We have been. The wheel is wonderful. <laughs> the wheel gives you joy. <laughs> it does. It brings me lots of joy. <laughs> so, as always, thank you to our engineer Nigel Catino and to Jacob Reed for our theme music. Catch us on the web on Twitter at WG Animated, on Facebook.com slash WG Animated, and on writersgetanimated.tumblr.com, or, and or, probably and, write us a review on iTunes if you enjoyed this episode. Uh, that's all we have for today. That's it. Yeah. Should we sing the That's It song? Let's not. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody.